Hello, fellow CRNAs, and welcome to Rapid Sequence Discussion, a 10 to 15 minute podcast version of Grand Rounds. This is Kia Gilbert, Katie Pisciatello, and Linda Callery. Each month, we will present a topic relevant to rural CRNAs. Today's guest is Jan Menino. Jan has been a staple in the CRNA community for decades. With a law degree, she has been a valuable asset in educating CRNAs on contracts, negotiation, and economics of anesthesia. When she was AANA president from 1987 to 1988, she negotiated the fee schedule for Medicare. She met with CMS who wanted to pay CRNAs less than anesthesiologists, and she said, no, we need parity. She argued the standard and quality of care is the same as an anesthesiologist, so why should CRNAs get paid less for the same standard? And they agreed. This is just one of the many achievements in Jan's career. We could easily spend the length of this podcast praising her contributions to our profession. But since we only have 15 minutes, let's get started. So tell us about yourself. (laughs) Okay, are we starting now then? Yes. Sure. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, well, I am Jan Benito, and I live in Southern California, and and uh, almost uh, 60 years in anesthesia. I started in 1960, March 1st, so wow. I've been around the profession for an awful long time. A contract is, it can be very complicated. I review CRNA contracts all the time. I think I've done four this week. Wow. And I've seen hourly rates from 72 hours and dollars an hour to $200 an hour. Mm-hmm. So That's I see this big, a difference. <laughs> big, big, you know, around the country, it's so different. And mm-hmm. so um, I, and I'm glad CRNA sent me the contracts to look at because I could pick out things that I think are really critical. Before discussing contracts, Jane reviewed several issues important to our profession that often have an economic impact. In summary... First, CRNA should practice to the full extent. We are independent practitioners and medical and legal language should reflect that, whether that be in ketamine clinics, pain management, or with regional. Second, it is important to define ourselves as a profession. If we don't, others will. So membership to the AANA is important for promotion and advocacy. Third, must have an understanding of supply and demand. Demand is expanding considerably related to CRNAs practicing to our full scope and avenues other than acute hospital settings. The supply of CRNAs need to meet the demand by replacing the CRNAs retiring. If there are not enough CRNAs to meet this demand, it justifies the utilization of non-CRNA anesthesia providers. Fourth, as a part of our nursing culture, we advocate for others but not always for ourselves. So as a profession, we need to embrace the idea of self-interest. Fifth, knowing our value. When we make it look too easy, then those around us underestimate our value. Our education is another important factor. The push for doctoral programs is a way to increase our value. In the OR, our value is determined by the relative value guide. Every surgery and procedure is given a value and sometimes time is also a factor. Additionally, on-call time and standby time is valuable even if the hours are not always billable. I'm gonna point out some of the things I think you should look at in a contract. First of all, it does make a difference if you're a 1099 independent contractor or W-2, which is a full employment. Essentially, with W-2 status, your taxes and social security are withheld, and generally it includes benefits. With 1099 status, nothing is withheld, and you're responsible for paying taxes quarterly and your social security and Medicare. 
The biggest difference between 1099 and W-2 is no job security with 1099 unless that security is written into a contract. And then the, uh, the things that I really look for in a contract, or uh, besides the status, is the compensation. And, what, and I don't care what it is. If it's 1099, it's generally uh, an hourly rate. But I tell all my 1099 clients, you have to ask for a minimum on their hourly rate. So if they say you're making, we're going to give you 150 an hour, that sounds good. But if you go in and you work one hour, it's not worth getting out of bed for $150. <laughs> so I recommend probably six to eight hour minimum, you know, I, I just throw those numbers out, obviously some differences, uh, you know, depending on the circumstances. circumstances yeah. mm -hmm. And then anything else that would be in a compensation package, which would be vacation, pay time off, medical benefits, uh, workers' comp, there's a, a long list of things that should be in a compensation package, particularly for 1099. Also, part of that package can be uh, relocation expenses, can be a sign-on bonus, can be retention bonus. So you can add those things up. It's really what you, in what you can negotiate. And then the next thing is a time commitment. And I, as I've mentioned a little bit before, um, time is a big issue. Um, I've had CRNAs that, you know, um, were, didn't realize that, you know, they had to be on call every other night or, mm -hmm. you know, or, or the contract may be set. I read one that said, when we're at full force, you will be on call every fourth night. But they have never been full force for the last 10 years. <laughs> so oh. then it re reverts back to every other night. So, you know, oh. you have to be careful of the time commitment, and then, you know, on-call, call-back, weekends, holidays, all of that needs to be needs to be delineated in a contract. Okay. And then the other, another important part of a contract is the termination clause. And the termination clause really is, is important because sometimes contracts don't work out, and, uh, and for various reasons, usually there is a clause that says termination with cause, which means if you lose your nursing license or you lose your ability to bill or to have malpractice insurance, then you're automatically terminated. But the other one that I mostly look for is without cause, and that means that either side can terminate the contract in a period of time. It may be one month, three months, six months, whatever. Okay. The termination clause is important. Okay. And then the other thing I look at is uh, non-compete clauses. Mm -hmm. uh, now you're in Oregon. Oregon has a pretty good law that they're not enforcing non-compete clauses. But I, I tell people that what you do is you do a Google search. Each state has different laws on non-competes. And you, you do a Google search and, and look for what it is in your particular state. Um, Non-compete clauses usually say something to this effect. The termination of the contract, you cannot work with in 30-mile radius of 
that hospital for two years or something like that. So it pre prevents you from working someplace else and whatever those terms have been defined in the contract. Mm -hmm. And that can be very restrictive. And I believe me, I know CRNAs and anesthesiologists who have been sued under non-compete clauses because they really didn't know oh. what they what they were you know signing. Mm -hmm. What I like to tell CRNAs is a couple things. Look at the supply and demand issue. I can tell you that in, in areas uh, where there's one or two anesthesia programs, it's a whole lot different than a state like Florida where there's like a hundred of them. So you need to look at those issues and you know it, that's why Florida the salaries are way down compared to other parts of the country. Yeah. So you, you need to you know do some background work and, and figuring that out. AINA has <clears throat> pretty good compensation survey that gives you some idea state by state what the, the, the salaries are. And and so you need to, and then you need to, you know, what can you offer them? But I caution you, do not get caught into offering more services than you can provide. I know a CRNA that decided to, she would get a contract because she would offer to recover the patients. Uh -huh. well, you know, there's no way that I would do that. And secondly, that restricts the schedule. You right. can't, mm -hmm. you know, you can't have Go more than one nice. case. Yeah. yeah. So, so be careful mm -hmm. that you don't agree because you want a contract so badly to do something that you, you know, that you can't really do. If, you know, I, I helped some CRNAs recently with a contract that, that they were going to set up a, a uh, chronic pain clinic in a hospital and we were negotiating that separately from the main contract because it was much a different type of contract so what is it that you can you can offer and sometimes CRNAs need to offer some value-added services like you know you'll do the anesthesia QA and you'll you know you'll um, write the policies and procedures and stuff like that so, okay, yeah. give me some questions now and comments. Do you, would you like to share a plug? Are you looking for more work for us? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm trying to um, cut back a bit. <laughs> yeah. I down people because I'm about the only one that does it. Oh, I yeah. had somebody called me yesterday and she ran her contract by a local attorney and he didn't know what... He said, I don't know how to look at an anesthesia right. contract. Yeah. You know, what if it's even worth like, it? He said, I could talk about you know the arbitration clause and the this and that. He said, but I, I just have no idea. So um, so she you know, she called me, so I said, sure, I'll look at it. And you know, within about five minutes I found a big problem with the contract that wow. uh, on the malpractice insurance part that the contract was uh, that she had to provide her own malpractice insurance, which was fine. It was a 1099 position. She knew that. But a little sentence in there said she was also made, she also had to name the hospital in her policy. Oh. And which would have, you know, increased her premium, which would have, you know, you just, you know, that it really sort of takes it out of the independent contractor mode. So she says, oh, Jen, I'm so glad you looked at it because, oh gosh, you yeah. know, she said, I, I didn't notice it. My attorney didn't notice it. So, hmm. uh, so yeah, I, I don't mind, you know, 
looking at them. If I'm too busy or don't feel like doing it, I'll turn people down. Do you have another story or like any story that sticks out to you in particular of a terrible contract that just proves the importance of making sure you sign a a good one? Yeah, um, I think that um, the time factor has come up a lot for me when I've talked to CRNAs because they did, there, there was not a mutual understanding of the time availability. And so uh, I don't really have a... Spe- well, I do have one where a CRNA actually was... I wish he had talked to me before he got into his contract, but he did. He called me and said, how can I get out of this? Mm. And, and the contract was that he was to take call, uh, you know, every fifth week or something like that. And the and a weekend call and an anesthesiologist ran that practice and mm-hmm. and said no you're going to take call every weekend because uh, we don't have enough help and oh. and it was it was like a place that was very very busy oh, and he, he just he, so we worked on you know getting out of that contract i've seen some that like i saw one that just blew my mind and it said that the crna had to um, had to do with the surgeon told her to do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow! And you can you can just figure out how I felt about that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I said, you can't sign that. And you know, yeah. probably that was written because there was a fight someplace. But you know, yeah. oh. <laughs> so oh. and, uh, so there's these you know little little things. I think the big message that I want to give is to the other side, the hospitals, ASCs whatever, in the big anesthesia groups, they don't think CRNAs are smart enough to negotiate with. And I, I say wrong. You can do it! That concludes another episode of Rapid Sequence Discussion. Thanks to those of you who listened and are supporting our podcast. We are three full-time CRNAs doing all of our own recording and editing, and this podcast is for our capstone project. Follow us on Instagram at Rapid Sequence Discussion and stay tuned for future episodes. Until next time.